welcome to the Dating Upside Down podcast. I am Alison Tinderland, your host on the dating and relationship show where everything is on the table and there is no question off limits. In this episode, I'm talking to Beck, an amazing girlfriend of mine who continuously makes me laugh and who happens to be single, pregnant and dating. I found myself in positions that I hadn't done for a while. I was like, wow, there was a belly in between all of that. Dating is hard enough without pregnancy thrown into the mix. And IVF, which is what Beck's chosen to do, is its own massive undertaking. But through the hormones and the needles and the massive changes in her body, Mind-blowing sex was the last thing she thought she'd discover on this journey. So usually this podcast is based on experiences I've had over my many years of dating. And whilst Beck and I cross over on being faced with some surprising fetishes, which we'll get to later, I can't claim to have ever been single pregnant and dating. But it was after Beck sent one of the best texts I've ever received that I knew I needed to do an episode on this topic. And the text read, last night was pretty fucking amazing. The sex was out of control. 69 position and all. He knows how to move. Apparently, my safe word is Gestapo. If you can't put a podcast episode together based on that text, then I don't know. Anyway, I want to welcome the beautiful, amazing Beck to the show. Beck, hi. Hi, Alison. How are you? I am really, really good. How are you? I'm still laughing at that text. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. It was. It stopped me in my tracks. I have to say, and I, the, in fact, the, the the person I was with, who ha- happened actually to be at the time my podcast producer, I just I was in hysterics, and I and he j- had just arrived, and I said, "You have to read this text," and he loved it, and from there it was just, "How do we get this girl on the show?" So here, um, here you are, here you are. <laughs> so thank you so much. Pleasure. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, your background, a bit of context and yeah, before we get into the nitty gritty. So I'm a professional working in the city in Melbourne. I lived overseas for quite some time between 2008 to 2012 and met a man overseas and we got married. The marriage didn't last very long. But I continued to live overseas and returned to Melbourne in 2012. At the time of returning, I was 34, 35. And having been away from Melbourne for quite some time, it was new to me to go back onto the dating scene and, you know, reconnect with some people that friends wanted to introduce me to or friends of my parents etc and but that would have been a difficult time as well because at 34 35 you know that's when you're meant to be supposedly having kids and settling down and so that would have been quite challenging yeah it was because 
the men that I tended to meet on these dates were either divorced with their own kids mm. or some were just too young and weren't really ready to settle down. So I sort of felt like I was in nowhere land mm. and I didn't quite fit in mm. to either because mm. at that time I wasn't prepared really to take on a man who was maybe newly separated or divorced with his own kids. I just didn't feel quite ready for that yet. And whilst having a child was definitely at the back of my mind, I still felt like I had time up my sleeve and I wasn't like in a rush to get that happening. So I was very open to just dating and seeing where it eventuated and seeing if something real um, transpired. So I did that off and on and am still doing that for a few years. And then at the age of 38, I decided to freeze my eggs because whilst I wasn't ready to become a single mum, I also knew that the biological clock was ticking and I needed to act on that. So it was a safe option for me to have my eggs frozen and then potentially use it when I was ready. I didn't know when that would be and it caused a lot of anxiety. Yeah, I think also because uh, unlike women today who have the advantage of learning about egg freezing, you know, we just didn't know about that back in, you know, when we were in our 20s and and so to have to confront that as an option. It's good that we have it as an option but also – uh, you know, the age that you were doing it, that you um, – were your eggs going to be viable? What, was there a viability issue? Um, so that would have been pretty scary. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because it that's the whole thing. A lot of women think that, yes, it's an insurance policy to have your eggs frozen, but you really don't know the quality of your eggs until you get them fertilised. Right. So – yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. And what were, what were people saying? Like what we, what was the sense that you got from family, from friends? I mean, because it's it's a big thing. I mean, it, almost in a way you either have to choose the baby or having and having a baby and everything that in, it goes along with that or continuing to date and find a man to hopefully have a child with. And so one would think that the distinction is quite – marked but I mean in your case there's been a bit of overlap which is great but how did you process that? My mum was very encouraging of me freezing my eggs and she didn't really want me to delay it any further. I also didn't jump into going to the first going with the first IVF specialist I went to see. I went to quite a few and ended up with a Greek IVF specialist who was very down the line and called a spade a spade and said to me in my first consultation with him, Beck, you can go and freeze your eggs, but know that that doesn't guarantee that you'll definitely have a child. There's a lot of complexity to fertilizing the eggs and making sure that they're viable etc etc and he also said something in that consultation that really stuck with me and he said even if you met your Mr. Right tomorrow 
doesn't necessarily mean that he'll be wanting to have a child with you ASAP. That's right. And so you've really got to start considering how important having a child is for you. And if that's more important than being with your Mr. Right or cultivating a relationship with right, somebody. Right. So it's almost, it's like now or never. And don't rely on a, on a guy in this situation. I mean, it, it's time is of the essence. Unfortunately for us, we, you know, women, we kind of have a, a bit of a time limit. I think that's really great advice yeah. from him. Really good. Yeah. And I left that consultation thinking, well, you know, he's got a point. Like, even if I met my Mr. Right tomorrow, if that Mr. Right even exists, but. You know, it takes a while to get to know each other and, you know, live together and learn about each other's nuances and personality traits, etc., etc. And to have a child with someone is a huge deal. I mean, it's not something you want to rush into. And in a way, it sort of sparked that, the, like, an, a, a part of me in my mind thought, okay, you know, Having a child on my own might actually be an easier option in that I don't have to wait for anyone to come into my life and I can take control and be empowered and do something that I want to do and have, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, I think it comes back to this idea of if you're pregnant, your life ends and your dating life ends and you'll never meet a man. And I think it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. I think it for where women are at any point in their lives, particularly if it is coming to the end of, you know, good fertility, the decision needs to be made. And some men will only date women that have children if they have kids themselves. So life doesn't end. It's a brave decision to go ahead and make. And, yeah, life doesn't end and there are many, many options uh, and opportunities ahead but also your journey your with IVF and pregnancy ha- wasn't straightforward, straightforward. No, no I mean it it's it's hard enough for, for most women but you had an extra layer of stuff to deal with yeah I was diagnosed with a condition called elevated natural killer cells we all have killer cells in our body which ward off things like cancer or anything that the body sees as being foreign it will attack. Now, when you've got elevated killer cells in your uterus, you're more prone to having a miscarriage because the embryo, once implanted, your body will immediately respond to as being foreign and want to attack it. So in order to combat that, I needed to be on a whole regime of various drugs for about... 14 14 to 16 weeks of my pregnancy from the time that the embryo was inserted and that um, included an array of things like steroids and injecting myself with blood thinners every night and having to have infusions at the doctor's surgery every fortnight. Um, It's full on. Yeah, it was. And I also suffered from extreme was an extreme that I needed to be hospitalised, but I had severe morning sickness. And so going through that type of regime whilst not feeling great was difficult. But hopefully it will all be worth it. Be worth it, absolutely. So with everything that you've had to deal with, one would think 
with the changes in the body and craziness of, of that extra layer of intensity, the drugs and the infusions and all of that. The, the idea of dating or, or, you know, letting anyone near your nether regions um, would be the last thing on your mind. But so, yeah, how, how did you kind of get into the whole yeah. well, continue to date? Because yeah. you were dating or certainly online dating before yeah, being pregnant, of for course. Sure, so. For sure. And during the first trimester, honestly, I was so sick. I didn't even look at online yeah, dating at yeah. all. But once I came out of it and I started feeling better and in fact whilst I was going through that regime for that first trimester and not feeling great I was actually thankful that I didn't have a partner to come home to to see me like that. Yeah it's interesting. Yeah I always you know often when we're unwell you know we want to be comforted mm. and have that support my parents were amazing and without them i definitely wouldn't have been able to get through it mm. but i was very grateful that i didn't have a man there just watching me go through this turbulent time like right. i just i would have felt quite exposed i really was so unwell that mm. it just felt easier to go through it alone right and then once I started feeling better, it wasn't really like a conscious decision, okay, I'm going to get there, out, get back out there and start dating. I just um, – my apps were still on yeah. and there was a part of me that thought, well, maybe I should switch them off because I'm not – I mean, who's going to want to date me? I'm right. pregnant and, mm. you know, like who's going to – it's such a – difficult situation to explain to a man yeah yeah and also you know the back of my mind I'm thinking you know I'm going to get bigger how am I actually (laughs) going to present myself on dates and sit there at a table with the growing belly yeah and how is any man going to be attracted to me yeah and then there was also the added complication of do I update my bio right and be upfront and say that I am pregnant. This is where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. Um, the choice is yours sort of thing. Even if you maybe don't want to go out there on, on the profile level and say, by the way, I'm pregnant, certainly in the first conversation I thought it would be good to, to actually definitely, let them know. So that definitely. the first date is not a surprise. 100%. I mean, we're always critical of people who don't look like their photos. Exactly. And... You know, I really didn't want to present myself as someone that I'm not. Yeah. And I just didn't know what to do because I wasn't even really showing at that point. So if yeah. I had updated my profile with photos and bio, etc., I don't know, I just felt like am I shooting myself in the foot? I'm just not going to get any responses. I get, the other question that I had though because there's a slight difference to – from when you're not showing to when you're showing and also your intent. So if it's just sex that you're looking for and you're not showing perhaps you could get away with, you know, maybe not telling them, not, not you know, putting it on your profile or, or otherwise or updating your photos. But that becomes different when you are showing. So the question is, again, intent. Well, are you looking for sex? Are you looking for a husband? Are you looking for yeah, a Yeah, it's an yeah. interesting question yeah. because 
sex was actually the furthest thing from my mind. I'm thinking yeah, right. to myself, which guy out there, once he knows that I'm pregnant, yeah. is going to want to have sex with me? Like, <laughs> it's just not going to happen, let alone a relation. Like, I just, I, I didn't really know what I was searching for mm. because... I didn't really want to be in a relationship. I still don't. I don't think I want to be in a relationship. Companionship is different. Like I think that we as human beings always crave to have someone in our lives that, you know, it's there's some element of a meaningful friendship slash companionship slash relationship. And so that didn't cease to exist mm. but how I was going to find that yeah I had no clue yeah and I certainly didn't think that sex was even going to be on the table yeah like whatsoever I yeah. thought which guy's going to be attracted to me especially because I had gone through IVF using donor sperm right in my mind I thought most guys will think that's strange as well like why is she so desperate to need donor sperm in order to get pregnant? Right. It's almost like is there something wrong with her? Like I kept on thinking that's going to be their initial question going through their mind. See, that's interesting because I would have thought it's almost better from the guy's perspective because – there's not a, 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 um, an actual entity. There's not another man that he necessarily has to deal with. It is just sperm from an unidentified person. Um, and they can then take on a role or not in their own right. Yeah, and I hadn't thought of it that mm. way till you had said it to me yeah. one day on the phone. Yeah. And I said, yeah, okay, well, that's interesting. I suppose you're right because – a lot of men do feel intimidated when there's a stepfather in the equation, sure. etc. It does become more complicated, but this has its own unique. I mean, every yeah. situation's unique, of course. Um, and it's how the man responds to it, I suppose, that you know will symbolise how what's going to happen. It, absolutely. And also I think it's interesting probably because we doubt ourselves most of the time, women in particular, but when you say that which men would be interested and who would want to sleep with me and, you know, I think that's probably right broadly but there are men that I find women who are pregnant and with child absolutely incredibly appealing yeah, and, and would and would, you know, knock themselves over to actually be with you and as you f- found out. So, you know, the, any fear or um, concern or doubt was kind of put aside, I think, yeah. and, and laid to rest there. Because yeah. yeah. as happy as I was when I found out after, you know, the first blood test that I was pregnant, in my mind I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to be dating for the next nine months. I honestly just thought, you know, I'm going to live my life mm. and I was prepared for that. Mm. Like I... Honestly, didn't think that I would be out there on dates. And before I had the the embryo transfer, my mum's friend suggested that I go out with this man who was close to 50, never married, no children. And my mum obviously knew what I was going through. And I wasn't at the 
at the point of telling people that I was pregnant yet. So my mum sort of fobbed her off and right. said, I'm not sure she's ready to be dating at the moment. She's whatever. She gave her some excuse. Yeah. When this particular family friend called a few weeks later and said, are you sure Beck doesn't want to date? Um, my mum said, well, actually we've got some good news. <gasps> Beck is pregnant. Mm. But I don't know how this gentleman's going to feel about that and whether or not he'd still want to go on a date with her. So the family friend said, well, I'll call him and see. Yeah. And he was really receptive to it. It didn't deter him, which was my first like, wow, I'm impressed. It's it's amazing. It is actually amazing. And but also shows the openness of of men and maybe also of a particular age too so had he perhaps been younger he may not have been as open but I actually think that's fantastic that he was so still keen and and but again it comes back to giving relevance to the fact that women are who are pregnant are beautiful sexual beings and why should dating and sex after you or during pregnancy why should that be off the table why should it be that there's some kind of you know life sentence death sentence at the moment you're pregnant everything else ends i mean this is such a great example of of that not being the case yeah and i thanked him for it immediately once i met him and i said i really appreciate your openness to meet with me and he said well why not like I think it's wonderful that you've gone ahead and done this on Mm. your own Mm. and you're still a person. That's so nice. It was really sweet. He was a lovely guy. And, you know, I was umming and ahhing after the date, should I go on a second date? Because it wasn't terrible, but I just didn't have that chemistry with him. Yeah, that's fair enough. But it also reminded me of the fact that I was – I felt very grateful that I had made that decision to go down this road – because the dating world is difficult yeah. and it was just that I because I hadn't been on a date for, you know, four or five months, it confirmed to me like, okay, this path, this journey could have continued of dating for another year or two and not finding the right guy. So I was just – I felt – very grateful after that date that I had made the decision just to go ahead and do what I wanted to do. Yeah, I think it would have been a mistake to to slow the process or, or not go ahead for the sake of a potential mate or partner, which yeah. you just there's no guarantee that it's actually ever going to work. So I think you absolutely made the right decision. And so after that, you had another encounter. Yes, which I did. led to some pretty interesting <laughs> proclivities, perhaps. Um, tell us what happened, Beck. So, um, RSVP. RSVP. The good old, the good old RSVP. RSVP. Mm, yes. I got a message. Um, which, by the way, yes. RSVP, one would think it's set up to um, intimate that if you're on RSVP, you're looking for a long-term relationship slash husband slash wife. Just prefacing this yes, whole conversation. Yes, you would hope with, so. You, you would hope, yes, yes. But there's a lot on there that aren't. <laughs> that aren't, it's true. It's um, true. So I got a message. Well, actually, uh, how RSVP works, 
a man or a woman sends a kiss and then you respond as to whether or not you want to continue a conversation. So this particular man sent me an email and I could tell immediately that he was witty and I just liked the banter from get-go. There was just something that ignited my curiosity. Mm. And so I responded and within the first email, like I think in the second or third sentence, I told him that I was pregnant Mm. and that I had gone down this road doing it on my own through IVF, etc. And then proceeded to just continue with the conversation. And he wrote back and we had quite a few email exchanges, but he was reading my responses on his iPhone and for whatever reason that initial email that I sent him was overlooked so he didn't realize that I was pregnant until (laughs) much later in the conversation he's like hang on am I missing something here wow and then went back and reread the emails and realized okay she's pregnant um I'm out of this now (laughs) right and I said Fair enough, I understand that it's a precarious situation and if you don't feel comfortable, but should you change your mind, this is my mobile number. And a few hours later, he texted me saying, you know what, there's something like you seem really cool or I want to get to know you. We've obviously had a good connection over email so let's continue chatting amazing that's so good yeah Yeah. and i was really impressed with that yeah and i've had a few instances with online dating where there's a sexual chemistry before you've met the person you feel comfortable to sort of have flirtatious sexual exchanges right right and he was definitely one of them Mm. But my body was changing at Mm. that time. Like my nipples were bigger, my (laughs) belly was growing. And whilst I was enjoying observing these changes, I thought, how's a guy like who's never met me? So he doesn't even know what I looked like pre-pregnancy But besides these photos. Yeah, yeah. Like how's he going to be attracted to me? Right. Like right. when he meets me, like nothing's going to happen. It's And I actually voiced that to him. Yeah. I said, you know, I'm really nervous about meeting you because if we do get along, you know, I'll be upset if you're not attracted to me because yeah, I'm right. pregnant. Yeah. And he said, well, look, I've never gone on a date with a pregnant girl before. Ah. So let's just try it and see. Like Good on him. obviously yeah. we've got a mental connection so let's explore wow let's explore Mm. and we met up and explore you did yes (laughs) you can definitely (laughs) say that sorry no go on yep and it was one of the best explorations (laughs) (laughs) that has occurred um for quite some time. So it's because it's interesting that women, some women say that when they are pregnant, they discover this incredible voracious, the veracity for sex and, and um, they're extremely horny a lot of the time and, and some and the sex that they have while they're pregnant is, is, is the most incredible. So 
of your sexual experiences, would you say that this is a um, standout? Yeah. Like, right like, up there. Yeah. I think I rang a girlfriend the following day and I said top three. <laughs> like definitely top three. <laughs> that is hilarious. And the thing was that I was in my mind thinking I'll be so self-conscious mm. and I wasn't at all because as soon as he pulled up my top and put his hands over my stomach, he's, he was like – I love how hard it feels. <laughs> and I'm like, are you crazy? And he's like, yeah, I just, it's so amazing. Like, it's just so hard. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm like, I just was in shock. I didn't realise that I could actually be a turn on. Yeah, yeah. It's almost, it kind of gets into that fetish, kink yeah. territory, which is interesting because he said he's never dated a, a pregnant woman before. But yeah. It, it just brought – he just loved it. He brought, yeah, brought something and, out of him. Yeah, and it's only recently that I noticed that on his WhatsApp, for example, mm. there's a photo of him and his newborn niece So, and he's in hospital holding her. Yeah, yeah. So I think that he obviously likes children, which he's vocalised to me. Yeah. But I think that he – I think he finds women sexy in general. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> good. That's, that's good. Um, I, that's uh, look. It's a good thing, and I and I think it, it kind of harks back to this this attraction that men have for that some men have for pregnant women, and it and it comes back again to you know the, our, our origins, a hunter gatherer to protect protect women protect the children i mean it's 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 in our interest it's in our, the, our children's interest for the father and the husband to be wanting to be around to be attracted to their husband to the, sorry to their wife partner um i've noticed even in the street or when i go to restaurants or on the train that i get a lot more smiles innocent yeah. smiles from men than i ever would have before I was pregnant. That is amazing. It's just like they'll actually make eye contact with me and look at my stomach and smile. Yeah. And I, it's amazing to me that that wouldn't happen if I wasn't pregnant. Yeah. You yeah. know, they're a lot more reserved or like that's too much in your space. Yeah. Um, I don't want to overstep the boundary, but it's almost like when a woman's pregnant, they can do what they want because yeah. it's like harmless. Yeah, exactly. It, it, and it's a protection thing. It's, yeah. It's this male kind of masculine need to protect, um, you know, kind of keeping an eye an eye on you. It, yeah. it must feel a bit like you are protected in, in the world. Like, yeah. Do you feel more so? Definitely, yeah. I do. Like I feel... And I can even see it through my two older brothers mm. and my dad, the way that they're looking out for me now and yeah. making sure that I'm eating enough and resting enough, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Like it's really – you see a different side. Mm. They're just a lot more nurturing. Yeah. Um, and, again, I never expected this. Yeah. I never knew that it even existed. Yeah, yeah. So – yeah, getting back to that sexual experience. Sex, yeah, sexual experience, yep. With Mr. <laughs> sex himself. Um, I was blown away by the fact that I didn't know whether or not all the hormones that were raging inside me were making me feel more sexual. There was definitely an amazing sexual connection instantly with him mm. and he's a confident guy and a fabulous lover yeah 
But I didn't know if he was sort of bringing that out in me because he made me feel comfortable with him Mm. or like I was just in a different zone in my head that made me feel more liberated. Yeah, so you felt really confident in that space. and, and Yeah. So any of the issues or concerns that you had about the bump or the, whatever it was or your body? I laughed at myself a few times during sex because yeah. I was looking down at myself and I'm thinking, how is this guy even <laughs> attract? Like there's a baby between yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he made mention of that and he thought it was kind of cool because I was thinking like because I was just so amazed at the feelings that mm. I w- that were going through me at the time. I thought, you know, it must be wonderful for couples to be having sex when the woman's pregnant. Yeah. And just that level of intimacy oh. must be tenfold. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I was reading something – um, when I was doing a bit of research on this topic, in fact, and, and for men who have partners that are pregnant, um, it can be so overwhelming. There was one story that there was a man that had taken, ended up having to take a week off work because he just could not keep his hands off his wife. He just had to have sex with her and be with her and be intimate and close. And it, it just, it's it's a beautiful Wow. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it can – it's not surprising to me. It's just – I guess I'm really glad that it's happened to you and um, and gives you hope that there are men out there that, that really do feel this yeah. way. And they yeah. should be empowered to feel this way as well. For sure, definitely. And, you know, I found myself in positions <laughs> that I hadn't done – for a while. Do you want to talk about some of those positions? Yeah, I'm happy to chat about it. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I'd love to know more. As I said, Mr. Sex was quite the experienced sexual man. Right. Um, so, and he was very into like eye contact. Nah, and, super intimate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just wanted to, he's very visual as most men are, but, you know, he just was able to push me into various positions that he I don't know how we ended up into in a 69 position but it just <laughs> did happen and yeah. I was like wow like there's a, there was a belly in between <laughs> all of that were you on your back? Yes, I was on my back. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 yeah right. okay. I was on my back, and um, yeah, it was just very unexpected. But when, so when you say he was able to get you or kind of push you into these positions, yeah. he was quite a dominant. Yeah, he's a dominant lover, but yeah. gentle at the same time. Yeah. So he definitely took control, which is sort of. Uncar- like I tend to be the one that's in control. Yeah, yeah. And I quite, you know, in fact, when he started undressing me, and this was interesting, mm. he sort of like it was all on from get go. Yeah. And when we got into my bedroom, and he, as I said, he was undressing me, he sort of like gently pushed me onto my bed yeah. whilst I was naked and stood at the back of the wall and just observed me for like a few minutes. And, it, you know, I was thinking even if I wasn't pregnant, that's like I felt quite vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. And exposed, like there's this guy just staring at me and he's like, you have no idea how sexy you look. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, really? You're crazy. (laughs) 
And that is amazing. Yeah. I love that. And I love was it. like, wow. And then it was all on. And wow. yeah, like when I say he moved me into position, <laughs> etc. like he he just knew how to maneuver like my legs and yeah. whatever just so that it was comfortable for both of us. It's amazing. I feel like um for someone that hasn't been with anyone that's been pregnant before, he he certainly knew how to manipulate you. Totally. You know, yeah, totally. Mm. And I think that that comes from his confidence. Yeah, would be confidence. But he also said that he appreciates the fact that I'm pretty open too. Like yes. he said that yeah. not every girl would be behaving like that. that and I imagine yeah. that That's would true be too. the case. That's, like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely true. I mean, and, and knowing you as a person, you are absolutely open and pretty much up for most things in a... <laughs> In a sexual capacity, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I think if it had been with anyone less um, open-minded, I I don't think it would have been the same experience. But it's almost like you kind of met your match in a way and so did he and what an incredible experience. Yeah, it was. It really was. And, again, like I've used this word before, being grateful, but I feel – Like this whole journey, what it's taught me is you really can't plan or expect anything. Life just happens. It evolves. And we make decisions Mm. and for the good or for the bad, you know, things come into our lives, come out of our lives. Mm. But we honestly don't know what's around the corner. Mm. And so, like I said, I thought for nine months – I'll be seeing my girlfriends most Saturday nights and not having an active social slash sexual life. Yeah. And look, it hasn't been crazy, but these few brief experiences have taught me that, you know what, it's even even given me hope for the future that Mm. all being well once the child's born, Mm. that who knows – I might not, you know, be a single mum for so long. Yeah. There could be someone who comes into my life and adores me and the child. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, in my mind I thought, no, nah, that's not going to happen for two, three years. Yeah. Like I'm just going to be at home looking after a child, being extremely busy, having to do everything on my own. Yeah. Um. But, you know... Who knows? Who knows? Anything can anything can happen. Anything can happen. What happened to Mr. Sexy Guy? What happened? What's the story? Well, he's currently <laughs> skiing in Japan <laughs> till right. March. Right, yeah. I think that as much as he enjoyed that brief encounter with me, I don't – I think that the prospect of – for him to be with a woman who's having a child that's not his mm, mm. doesn't really sit comfortably with him. Um, yeah. So I've just sort of had to accept that. Also, I think, and it's it's fair to say, he's been a bit uh, less than, I don't know if gracious is the right word, but a bit flaky since yes. then. like. I think he was in it in the moment and loved the, the you know, the sex and there's no doubt about your connection and all of that. Mm. But as a sincere, 
you know, partner, someone that's looking for something long term, the way that he's kind of maybe handled things since then hasn't been great. So, I mean, I would say take the experience for what it was. And if in the future there's a, you know, another sexual encounter that's possible, go for it. But I don't know that this is the one. No, I agree with you. And in fact, he called me a few days ago Mm. and he has this ability to have some type of control over me. I don't know how he does it, but it's that sexy voice and Mm. just his demeanour. like. That led to having phone sex with him. Right. Which, again, was completely unexpected and mm. something that I hadn't done for a long time. So phone sex in that – so you were talking or you were texting phone sex? No, talking. Talking. Wow. Talking. Okay. Talking. Yeah. And yeah. I've also found that my orgasms whilst I'm pregnant mm. are, are just a lot more intense. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that there's a lot more hormones running through my body. Yeah. So everything just feels very magnified, like my sex drive's just out of control. Yeah. And, you know, I would love to have a stable partner in law or someone (laughs) in my life um, to fulfill that desire at the moment, but so be it. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it was it was interesting to say the least that phone sex encounter, and there was yeah. also that part of me like at the end of it, we actually both came at the same time. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. it was, and then there was a long pause of silence yeah. afterwards. Yeah, you know, as you do yes. when you're together, you're sort of recovering from <laughs> the <laughs> orgasm. Yeah. But you know, your mind always wanders, and you're like. I don't know, you almost just want that person there yeah, to yeah. have the hug or whatever yeah, afterwards. absolutely. So, look, as you said before, <laughs> I know that it's not going to lead to anything mm. but and there was a part of me before it led to the phone sex yeah. that really resisted it because right. I knew that it's dangerous to go down that path. And then my other side of my brain thought stuff it you know life is for the living yep and it's all about experiences Mm. and who knows when i'm going to be pregnant again having (laughs) phone sex with a guy in japan (laughs) so i was like you know what i'm gonna do it yeah no good on you look i think that's right again though for women particularly there's a lot of emotion associated with sex and orgasms and all these different things and so long as it is about protection and it's again easier said than done but knowing that this is what it is it's just phone sex and I'm gonna really try not to put any expectation on it afterwards whether you're able to do that or not but there's absolutely something to be said for taking the moment and, and going with it. Why not? And even not? during the phone sex, he was like, prop yourself up on a pillow. He's <laughs> like, I know that your stomach's bigger now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's Controlling like, you from Japan. Yeah, I'm fantasizing about, you know, holding your belly now. Wow. Like, you know, obviously just wasn't a turn off for him that I'm pregnant. No, no. And, you know, I think that it's... It's taken him by surprise for sure. But I'm sure that for a lot of men, like 
one of those taboo areas, they wouldn't think or contemplate going down that path. No, no, they wouldn't. But then how many women are putting themselves out there that are pregnant Mm, mm. for men to explore that path? Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's interesting uh, and, and where probably we cross over a little bit in this is on that fetish front and, and certainly from a pregnancy perspective, whilst I've never been pregnant and, and been in your situation, I have had an experience where I was with someone and, and the first time we were together, we, we had sex and uh, in the middle of, 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 you know, having sex, he out of the blue he just says something like i I want to um you know feed me feed me your your milk i want to i want to suck your breast and feed (laughs) give give me give me your milk or i'm like what is going woman man what is going on right now i mean mummy issues anyone i'm like hang on what so i was kind of slightly taken aback but it's (laughs) <laughs> and and just trying to we think we never really spoke about it directly. I mean, I only saw him probably in you know this for about three months or something on and off. And it's it it was something that again took me by surprise and and halted me in in my tracks. But it's interesting how something that's just a little left of center can become a huge attraction. So. If you take it to extremes, so so if you if you've ever or anyone's ever been with a man or a partner who um, isn't verbal, and and you're just kind of going through the motions, and it might be good, but the moment you're with someone that talks during sex or vocalizes vo- their desires, correct, vocalizes desires, you're all of a sudden it's on another level. And whilst this was something I hadn't experienced before, I kind of. I went with it. I allowed myself to go with it. And um, that area for me, the breast area for me is actually, um, it's a sensitive area for me anyway. So it kind of, it spoke to that a little bit, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's full on. Yeah. And I think we had a brief discussion about the fact that is it because it, like you said, this happened on the first night with this guy Mm. and Similarly with me and Mr. Sex, um, he was able to tell me or feel comfortable enough to tell me his desires Mm. as well. And I said to you, is that because we're strangers and it's easier for men to divulge their desires to a stranger than to a woman they've been in a relationship with for a few years Mm. because it gets to that point where you know each other that well that it would be almost like they're scared of the judgment that may arise from yeah. them discussing their honesty to that woman of what they want and what they're wanting to to do with them. Yeah. And because, you know, sometimes you have these flings that are purely based on an amazing chemistry. Yeah. And it almost makes that it, both parties sometimes feel comfortable to verbalize what it is that they're desiring definitely and i and i think um similar to your situation where your guy said to you that um it may not have worked had you not been as open i think i'm i'm quite open-minded about sex i'm i'm open to 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 most things and and even in in as a person in life i'm 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 that way so he would have sensed that too and felt comfortable clearly 
to express himself in that way. It may not have been the case if I was more closed, but also it seemed instinctual. I, I felt like in most of his encounters with women, he, he would have, you know, expressed that and, and said it. It was in the throes of, I mean, I don't, he wasn't uh, orgasming at the time, but it was just part of his the routine it would just mm. seem and and if he thought that I wasn't going to be as receptive he may not have but I don't know maybe he just would have given it a go regardless he, he you know he's he's not backwards and coming forwards so to speak mm. um so uh but yeah it's um it's interesting it's yeah interesting. because you always sort of well I know that I wonder whether or not they're feeling particularly comfortable with me mm. and safe to say what it is that they're desiring or is it just something that flings sort of enable because there's that connection where you don't really know the person and it's based on this intense lust and there's and there's no there's nothing planned for the future it is yeah it's it's just um it's 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 in the here and now exactly so you, you feel comfortable to say okay well this is what i've always wanted to explore yeah yeah. Are you up for it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think also it's about allowing people to express themselves. And I, I am definitely someone, and I think you're exactly the same. Let people be who they are. I'm interested in these quirks and fetishes and fantasies and different things. I mean, obviously, so long as no one's being hurt and it's all very consensual, I think it's fascinating. You know, and this is you know part of why I'm doing this podcast and why I'm doing this show, and I'm 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 amazed at at some of the things people think about and and do. And there is a website or an app or something that talks to all of these fetishes and and, and different things. And um, so there are there's place for all of it. People can find avenues that cater to their these desires. Obviously, if I'm not comfortable, I'll you know let them know. But I think it's 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 fascinating, and um, people should just express themselves. But also, in general, people should be more open to some of these you know ideas and expressions, and and not think that you know just you know a bit of missionary position every now and then is is will get you through. Like spice things up why not definitely I mean the few girlfriends that I told after this encounter with Mr Sex (laughs) like two of them are actually in long-term relationships and have children of their own like their mouths were literally open wow like they couldn't believe that I had even had a sexual encounter Amazing. And yeah, it just it just proves that like we all sort of live in by our conventions and think that mm. you know this is the way life needs to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and fetishes, unfortunately, it's all so taboo to discuss it. Mm. And you know, it's 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 sad in a way because everything then needs to go underground. Yeah, yeah. And you know. Every second day you can read in whichever newspaper about these um, sex parties that yeah. happen and couples, yeah. swinger parties, etc. Yeah. And we all know that they exist. I would personally love to go to one of them sure. to see what it's all what it's, about. Yeah, yeah. But how many people would admit to that? Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, like why sure. does it have to all be done behind closed doors? There's a whole market out there. I know. People making loads of money. Oh, absolutely. You know, through mm. doing all of this. In fact, a few days ago on RSVP, there was a guy on his profile because you get matches every day on RSVP and I clicked yeah. on one and this guy said that he's a 40-something-year-old professional. Um, don't think that I'm strange but I'm into looking at women in lingerie Mm. it doesn't need to lead to sex I just am attracted to women being in lingerie and can stare at a woman like that for hours wow if this sounds like it's up your alley then I'm happy to chat um and I will call you over the phone and we can have a discussion yeah and It's like going back to what I was saying with the pregnancy thing initially, not knowing how to put it out there. Mm. I think that, you know, I... After I read that profile, I thought, you know, good on him. I mean, this isn't something that I would partake in Mm. and a lot of people would read it and go freak show, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's like I I thought, hang on, like, some guys have been open to the fact that I'm pregnant. Yeah. Like, that's a thing. Absolutely. This guy's got his own thing sure. and he's willing to put it out there. Sure. And good on him. Exactly. And I actually think that apps, dating apps, have provided an avenue for people to express their fetishes, kinks, fantasies, um, more so than other than they otherwise might have. So... When you say, you know, why does it all have to be underground? It's a question I've asked as well. But I think if it, if we, if if we allowed or, or you know, if if we expressed our fantasies all of the time with gay abandon, mm. no one would get any work done. I, it yeah. would just become a, a, a full on kind of experience. I think. I think. I think it also goes back to, and and again, I in, as part of my research, I looked. I, I wondered what is the difference between a fetish and a fantasy. But, you know, because when you say it, they kind of sound like similar things. But but a fetish is something that – or fetishism, fetish-style behavior is one where whatever your particular fetish is, whether it's with a person, a piece of material, an object – you, you cannot orgasm, you cannot have a satisfying sexual experience without – that. that activity, that object or whatever it is. A fantasy is where um, you just allow your mind to kind of run the erotic fields that, that, that are there, but you are not um, linked to or, or your, your experience, your sexual experience isn't defined by that fantasy. Probably, and probably what it lies in between is a kink. So... Um, you know, if you enjoy, so it sounds like Mr. Sex, for example, you know, he enjoyed the experience with you being pregnant, but it's not something that he has to have every single time. So um, that's a kink for him, perhaps. I mean, we, we probably, um, e- either way, you know, and it's all semantics, but but it's interesting when you, when you split it all up. So it also makes you feel a little bit normal too. So um, people expressing themselves on dating apps or dating sites, us having this conversation and, and there are many, many more conversations like this, it's okay to 
want something or, or fantasize about something a little bit different. It's okay to, to maybe ask that of your partner, perhaps um, if you, f- you feel in a safe space with them and it's okay to enjoy it. And you, my love, are the embodiment. <laughs> Not of, at the moment. <laughs> uh, well, with, with, with baby. Yeah. Um, so we should probably wrap up. But before, before I, I do, I want to just, what's, what's the future for Beck? What's, what's, when are you due? Um, the 20th of March next year. Okay. Okay. So hopefully maybe we can do a follow-up post baby see what's happening yeah um, for sure and uh hopefully i'll uh, have some stories to report <laughs> exactly uh the the part two yeah. um and and what where do you see dating life relationships what would you like what's what's the ideal mm. for you look i anticipate that the first few months i'll be extremely busy looking after baby and there won't be a lot of time um but when I find the time to breathe again mm. and put my head up, um, I definitely will be changing my profiles to say that I'm a single mum, hopefully. Yep. Yep. And it'll be interesting to see what that brings to the table, mm. like what type of guy will be responding to that. And I think that, what, like I said before, what this has taught me is you can't really plan and... No. There's always hope of wanting to meet the right guy and have being in a relationship, and it would be lovely to have a father figure, yeah, um, in the life for this child, in my life for this child. Mm. But um, you know, if that doesn't happen, that's okay too. Like I haven't gone into this thinking that there will will be a man coming in, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I just want to have a healthy happy child and hopefully be able to continue with my life in terms of work and friendship and family etc and and live and i'm sure you will have all of that um, all of that beck and and much more and as you say you you can't plan but you never know what amazing delights are around the corner exactly and i'm sure the man of your dreams if you so wish that to be will will be there too so i look forward to going through the journey with you because i will be with you watching you uh, grow because you deserve it all all good things all good things and you too thank you thank you um So again, thanks for coming in and sharing your most intimate experiences. And and you've really proved, and you'll continue to prove that pregnancy isn't a barrier. Women can be strong and sexy during their pregnancy and have sex, and why not? All power, all power to you guys, all power to the pregnant women. (laughs) Thank you, Alison. No problem. A lot has happened since we recorded this episode. Mr. Sex is completely out of the picture. Thank God. The chemistry was still there between him and Beck, but the best he could offer was being his bit on the side while he dated someone else. He's blocked now, but continues to travel to Japan and date random women. The best news, though, is that Beck gave birth to a gorgeous, bouncing baby boy. She's tired, but couldn't be happier.
If you've enjoyed this episode of Dating Upside Down and really what's not to enjoy, please subscribe via your favourite podcast channel. But also, please let me know if you're single, pregnant and dating. Or do you know someone who is? Maybe you have a fetish, a kink, a fantasy? Or have you been faced with one? What was it? What was it like? You can reach me at contact at datingupsidedown.com, the datingupsidedown.com blog, or the Dating Upside Down Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Or if you'd like to join me as a guest, please head to datingupsidedown.com and apply via the Be My Guest tab. You can also leave general comments, your own dating stories, and any other topics you'd like me to cover as well. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time... Happy dating.